Welcome to Monster Chats, presented by Monster VoIP, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales and organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions that come up during today's episode, please text them to 424-378-6966. Please welcome the founder of Monster VoIP, your host, Colin Mitchell. All right. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Stephanie Hockridge of the co-founder of Blue Acorn. Stephanie and I are going to be talking about the Paycheck Protection Program, known as PPP. Did you know that 30 million small businesses in the United States qualify for free financial relief from the federal government, and 80% of those businesses still haven't received funding? They need to survive nearly two months after the PPP was established, and we can't let this happen. So Stephanie and I are going to be talking about some of the things that can help these businesses. I'm Colin Mitchell, the host of Monster Chats and your founder of Monster VoIP. Stephanie Hockridge-Rice is an Emmy Award-winning journalist. After 15 years, she left television and news and is now the co-founder of two technology companies. Stephanie, welcome to Monster Chats. Oh, Colin, thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. So before we dig into these super important points that I think is going to be extremely helpful, you know, this is kind of a special episode for us where um, we really want to give these small businesses the answers that they're looking for about PPP. Um, Because I think there's a lot of confusion and you're going to help clear a lot of that up. Um, But before we dig in, tell us your story, tell us your journey and kind of where you got started and how you got into, you know, where you're at and doing, you know, these great things that you're doing now. Yeah, thank you. So my backstory, grew up in Dallas, Texas, um, decided to go into broadcast journalism. So I went to the University of Missouri, which is one of the best broadcast journalism schools in the country. Um, And so graduated from there and then went on that television news journey that you have to go on, where you start in a really small market and then you work your way up. So I was um, an evening news anchor in Charlottesville, Virginia, was my very first job. I anchored the uh, five, six, and 11 o'clock news there. Did that for three years. Uh, then I moved to Kansas City, which was Market 31, where I was the weekend anchor there and a, a general assignment reporter as well. And then um, three years later, I moved to Phoenix, which is Market 11, and then became the weekend anchor and then was promoted to uh, the primary evening anchor there um, for a while. So was there for seven years and then decided my contract was up and I thought, you know what, it's time for a change. I, I wanted to do just something a little bit different. My husband, we got married a year ago and we oh. decided to um, go all in on his technology company. So I joined him doing that. Um, that's separate from Blue Acorn, but that year that I spent working with him on that technology company really geared me up and prepared me for what has been an absolute sprint um, when it comes to helping small business owners access PPP. So I think that that's kind of where my journey led, led me. Um, and, and it's been really interesting to see what's been happening. I think that so many different small businesses are in need. And I think that's where my passion comes from, to be working 18 hours a day in order to get the word out and help those who need it most. Wow. Okay. So let's go back for a second. Just tell yeah. me about, you know, you, you went to school for journalism and you, yeah. you know, really worked your ways up, uh, seems like quite quickly. And then you were almost, I, I would say at the height of your career, yeah. so walk away from that. So tell me like, what was, what were you feeling in that moment? You know, kind of walk us through that um, decision. 
Yeah, you know, I think that there was a lot, obviously, that went into it. But after 15 years, it was just, it got to the point where I was just ready for something new, something different. Um, for the most part, every day in news is different, but it's also the same. And I, in order to then grow from where I was at, I was going to have to move either to New York or to Atlanta if it was, you know, headquartered at CNN um, or LA, which are some of the bigger markets. Um, I did have an interview uh, to be a primary anchor in Dallas, Texas, which is actually where I was from. But mm. when I went to the interview, I just, I don't know, it just, the, the, the passion wasn't there anymore for me. Mm. And I wanted to do something new, something different. And I wanted to spread my wings in a different way. Um, I was, I was, tired of telling other people's stories in a way where I wanted to then be the person that was helping others in a different way. Instead of just sharing what was, you know, bad in the world, I wanted to be part of something that was great in the world and, and really making a difference. And so I think that then I wanted to just take on that type of a challenge and I Little did I know that, that it would lead me to where I am today, and this is one of the biggest challenges I could ever imagine facing, where you're going up against billion-dollar financial institutions and saying you're doing it wrong, and you're leaving the little guy out in the cold, and that's not okay. And so it has been quite a challenge, but, but we have a team of amazing volunteers with our company that are really doing everything we can to make sure that this is a fair process. We yeah. make it free and we can get into a little bit more of that. But that's really where I was at in that part of my journey, just ready for something new and just felt this, I don't know, you probably can, uh, you know, this resonates with a lot of people. You trust your gut feeling inside. And if, and if yeah. it just doesn't feel right, I think it's time then you're, it's, it's almost like a little, a little, push you're being guided to go down a different path of what you're meant to be and meant to do yeah i think there's a lot of people that sit on that fence and just have a hard time you know making that jump of doing something new doing something different yes. becoming an entrepreneur yeah. um you and, know. and you know what and to be honest with you it's it's i really i'm very um um religious and so i did there was a lot of prayer there and and as easy as it is to say, oh yeah, I just made this decision and did this. It, it wasn't that. It was, it was yeah. difficult. And, and I said, my, my prayers actually were more surrounded by um, just make it happen. Like close, I literally said, close the doors you don't want me to walk through and I will know then not to go down that path and lead me down the path uh, that, that God, you want me to go down with the one that I'm supposed to be part of. And sure enough, that happened. Wow. I mean, I didn't realize that that prayers got answered that quickly, but literally doors started closing all over the place. And, mm -hmm. and I realized, okay, there's something else that I'm, there's a different path for me, a different journey I'm supposed to be. So, on. so it became clear that yeah. you were, it was your time to do something different. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've never looked back for a single second. So it yeah. has always felt really good. And I felt like I was in the right place. Right, right. So I think let's like think about the entrepreneurs, right, that have maybe taken that leap as well. And now the current situation that, oh. that we're in, yeah. um, they might really be second guessing that decision. So like, what would you tell those people that are now have taken that leap, maybe recently, are kind of struggling because of the current situation? Like, what would you tell them? Um, I would say 
for me, it's, it's been a lot of listen to your heart, listen to your gut. And if you're religious, pray. I mean, it's, I, I can't even, um, it, begin to explain to you the power that prayer has has led me in my life um, and, and the, the role that it's played for me um, because I think that if you think that you have all the answers you don't and if you need and we all need guidance and we all need support and so for me it's really been prayer that has that has led me down the right path and then you just don't second guess yourself and I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, why do bad things happen in the world? Sometimes it's, and I think that there are two reasons for that. I think partially it happens because you're not on your right path and that you need, to, that someone's just kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, just kind of trying to push you. Okay, this is, I know you think this is right, but let me just push you because you're supposed to be facing this way or going in down this direction. And the other reason I think bad things happen is because, um, it's supposed to set you up and gear you up for what you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. So if you take a look at any person who's doing remarkable things in their life, usually their story begins with something that, that put them in that position, that led them down this path where they're able right. to really make a big difference in this world. Right. And a lot of times that is many failures that lead to success, right? Oh, I mean, yes. my entrepreneur journey has been very, you know, I've failed many more times than I've succeeded. Yeah. Um, but, but without those failures and that journey would have never led to the successes that I've had. You know, and that reminds me, um, a keynote speech that I've given in the past has been around the fact that I got to where I was because I paid attention to those failures. Mm -hmm. And failures to me are the biggest ways that you can learn. And if you take that failure and you think, okay, what was I supposed to learn from this moment? Mm -hmm. And right. really not just like, okay, uh, nothing, uh, you know, it wasn't, that, that wasn't my fault. Somebody did that to me. It doesn't matter. I think that yeah. you really, I really like analyze those times that I've failed and I'm like, what was I supposed to learn here? Yeah. You almost want to like own them. Yes. Own that failure yeah. and, and, and they make you stronger yeah. um, and, and see what you learn from it. Right. So. Absolutely. And, really pay attention and actually value those failures and not look at them in a negative way. Like I, I, I thrive off of the failures because it's like, okay, that's, we we're here now. Where do we go now? What did we learn for that? How could we have done better? Do we need to pivot? What could we change? And maybe we throw it away and try something new or we make some tweaks and changes to make it a success. I can't begin to explain to you the number of times that failure led me to where I was supposed to be and even greater success than I ever could have imagined. Right. So um, when you introduced me at the beginning of this, you said, you know, she owns, you know, she's a co-founder of two companies. Well, guess what? For the past year, that other company was just not taking off and I didn't understand. Mm. And oh my gosh, if it would have do you know the mess that we would have been in it with, you know, COVID and the quarantine? We would have had, you know, all of our products sitting out into different businesses that were closed. It would have been an absolute nightmare. And so I think that sometimes you have to take a look at what's happening in your life and think there's a reason for this and it's not to hurt me, it's to help me. And I right. think that the second that you take a moment and you really just sit back and you trust that something's happening for a reason, and then you also on top of that, layer on top of that, what, it, 
what is it that I can do that could have could have been better and what can I learn from this from the future and and not to say that it was a mistake that you could have fixed because I don't believe in that but I believe that sometimes those mistakes set you up so that you, you you're able to take advantage of different opportunities in the future mm-hmm. yeah absolutely all right so let's let's dig in let's talk about the small business right now that you know business is bad they can't open their doors you know business is down and they might feel like they're failing a little bit but there's help for them and they just know how they just need to know how to get that help how to raise their hand um and so we're going to talk about how blue acorn is using technology to bridge the gap and serve those underserved small businesses that need help tell, tell us about that and how you guys are doing things differently yeah so i think that really you nailed it exactly that the idea that that we have to be that that your business is over and that it this is this is, uh, you know, you don't have any customers and, and you're, you had to do layoffs. No, 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 Stop for a second. There is help out there, financial support, so that you can, you know, handle and manage exactly what it is that, that you're able to do and survive this time. Um, I think that one of the biggest misconceptions has to do with the fact that we are in a time that this is going to be the end of a lot of businesses. But that's not true. The PPP is a program that is designed to help you and give you the money that you need to survive over the two months that you weren't able to be in business. That's what it's for. It was meant for you to be able to keep your employees on the payroll, even though they were sitting at home. It was meant for you to be able to pay your bills, even though you didn't have any money coming in. I don't know if you're a Saved by the Bell fan, but I always remember Zach Moore. It's like, Timeout, you know, that's what this was. Yeah. COVID-19 was a timeout. Okay. And of course, then we still had bills and we still had people and employees to pay. And Our so the program was saying, hey, you, we get it. You're not going to be able to make money because we did a timeout here. But mm-hmm. we're going to give you the money that you need that you would have gotten from your employees. So the second that we now say, bam, okay, world, you can open back up. It's time in. And we can now, you know, go back to what it was before. Right, so this is, this is the help that a business needs to survive this very difficult time. The problem is, is a lot of these folks don't know how to get the help yes. or the, yeah. you know, a lot of people think, there's a lot of things that people are saying. You know, I've heard people say, you know, the money's ran out. Um, you know, uh, the bank, you know, didn't give me a loan. Uh, I don't even know how to get all the paperwork and everything that's required. It's difficult. And maybe there's also the people that are kind of stubborn and say, you know, I don't want to ask for help. And they have maybe a negative spin on asking for help or just, can you help clear the air on all that stuff? Yeah. You know, I think that especially as a member of the media, sometimes the media does more harm than good. Um, I think that there was a lot of the money's running out, the money's running out. And it did, it Mm -hmm. did the first round of money ran out, but You know, I was sitting back here saying, there's no way during an election year that Congress is not going to approve another round when only the biggest businesses and the ones that were the most profitable got the first round. I mean, it's not going to happen, especially in an election year. They're going to come out with another round. And sure enough, they did. So then the second round came out. And there is, um, I just checked about um, an estimate of about $100 billion of free money that is left for business owners to get access to. Okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. okay, so the money didn't run out. 
people need to know that there's money available. This second round has come. Um, let's talk about, you talked about a little bit, okay, this is to help people. Who qualifies for this? Who's, who is this for? Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm independent. I, I work in a gig. I don't qualify. I don't have a business. I've never registered my business. It's just a side hustle. You know, who, who, can they still get this money? Absolutely. So if you freelance, you qualify. If you have a side gig, you qualify. If you work for yourself in any capacity, whether you're registered with the state or not, you qualify. If you run a business, you qualify. If you are still not sure if you qualify, you can go on to blueacorn.co. We have a few questions that you can answer. You can find out in less than 30 seconds. If you end up making it to the login page, you qualify. And then once you log in, we walk you through the application process. We autofill that application for you. And then we explain what like supporting documents you need in order to upload to complete your application. So it really is that simple. But we don't make you log in in order to figure out if you qualify. So I think that's the most important piece there. So you can just answer those few questions and then okay. figure out if, if you're somebody who qualifies. But really, if, you, if you're self-employed, if, if you paint paintings inside of your house and sell them to people, with cash, you qualify. What? Yeah, as long as you can prove that you, you know, made income and that you can show the bank statements. Now, there's certain things that you have to prove. I mean, there are supporting documentations. Yeah. One of the things, and to answer an earlier question that you asked um, about, you know, it's so confusing about how to yeah. apply and what do I need. And the reason that's happening is that so many different types of businesses qualify, okay? You can be an Uber driver and qualify. You can also be a, you know, a C-Corp that has, you know, 500 employees and also qualify. And what's needed from the C-Corp uh, to, to support that loan is so different than what's needed from the independent contractor. Okay. So, so when the Uber driver ends up going online to see, okay, what do I need to support my, my loan? They're seeing all this stuff like, hey, I need your net 940, I need your official payroll processor report, and all this type of stuff that the Uber driver's thinking, I don't have any of that. So is that the more traditional path? Is there going, to, going down that path and they're like, I don't have any of this, so forget well, yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's what's happening? Yes, and so that's what we do. We put you in, so you answer all these questions at the beginning of our, our program, okay? And then we put you in the bucket that you deserve to be in, and so we tell you what you need. I mean, for the most part, if you're an Uber driver, all I need from you is uh, a 1099 if you were paid that way. Um, if you weren't, then there are other things that you can do. I need your driver's license. I need, um, so the, the one thing that's been really confusing is I do need a, what's called a Schedule C. So this is a form that you would fill out when you, when you do your taxes, okay? Yeah. So if you've done your 2019 taxes, you're good. If you haven't, you're still good. We give you a link to download the one-page Schedule C form and literally a Schedule C, it sounds confusing, all it is is I made this much money in 2019 I had this many expenses and therefore this was my profit. And then the profit line is what is used to calculate how much money you're eligible to receive. Mm. Okay. So it's, it sounds confusing, but we make it really easy for you so that it literally is how much did you make? How much are you writing off on your taxes for expenses? And then, um, how much, what is your, you know, total profit loss? Is what right. it's called at the end of so, the day. So let's talk a little bit about Blue Acorn, right? Okay. So, so Blue Acorn is making it really simple for the little guy yeah. to get, get their loan. Yeah. That's apparent, right? 
And what are, what do you guys charge for this? Oh my gosh, it's free. Absolutely free. I know people are like, yeah, well, what's the catch here? The yeah. catch is, is that you were left behind. That's not okay. And we are making it free for you. And so what happens is that when your loan is then sent to the SBA, then, uh, and is approved by the SBA, the federal government gives us 1% of the loan to say thank you for helping this person fill out their application. So yes, could we have added on an extra, hey, pay this much and we'll give you access to our free simple guide? Sure. Which is, which is that, is that how most people are doing it? Most other companies uh, do it? Uh, actually, no, actually, no. In this case, no, because the, according to the CARES Act, they tell you that you are not allowed to charge someone to help them fill out their PPP application. So even if we wanted to, in this case, we couldn't. But, but from a moral point of view, it would be something that we would, or an ethical point of view, we wouldn't even take it. We wouldn't think twice about that. So, so let's just, just tell me a little bit more of like the traditional path of them trying to get a PPP loan uh, if they didn't use Blue or Acorn. And, yeah. and how, how, what's the difference there? Yeah, so what makes it really difficult is that then you're going to have to go find a lender that will take your application. And so that's what we're doing a lot on the back end. Okay, so let's stop there for a second yeah. because I've heard a lot of people say things like, oh, the certain banks are no longer accepting the, the applications. Right, so you have to find an SBA qualified lender first and foremost, and then you have to find a lender that'll take a loan that is your size. And by that, I mean um, if you make – Okay, if you make $100,000 a year, you would qualify for a $20,000 loan, okay? And there are a lot of lenders that won't even take a $20,000 loan. They won't mm. even look at an application that is for less than $100,000 total. Mm. Um, so that means if you're an independent contractor or you're a single owner business and you have no employees, so good luck finding anyone to take your application. Well, first of all, if they only made $100,000, they're not going to qualify for a $100,000 loan, right? Or am I uh, wrong? Uh, well, it depends. I mean, honestly, it depends. So we'd have, it's, it'd so, be very specific to each okay. individual person. Okay. Yeah. So they're either forced to take more money than they want to or not get a loan at all. Um, Possibly. I, yeah, I think I understand your question. So all of this is you don't have, you're not allowed to decide how much money you get. Okay. It's all calculated based on how much you made in 2019 or if you're a new business in 2020. So um, there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question, but the easiest way is, um, and this is why it gets so confusing, is that yeah. we, we built a program to answer all those questions and to kind of take away all those, you know, all that confusion. And so yeah. you go through the, you go through the, you know, answer all the questions and it'll tell you exactly how much you qualify for. And then we have a lender that is there ready and able and willing to accept your under, you know, $100,000 qualified. So they're not going to, they're not going to discriminate on the size of the loan. If no, you qualify I, and you have the proper documents, they're going to put it through. Yeah, I've actually even um, sent over a loan for somebody that qualified for only $700. And so, um, but, but, oh my gosh, I don't care who you are. Yeah. $700 is a lot of money. That, that could be, that could be, you know, their rent for the month, their food for the month that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And Absolutely. Which bank is going to process a $700 loan? Uh, I'm going to tell you 
like none. And we have talked to dozens of banks across the country trying to find anyone who would process these loans. And we finally found one based out of Tennessee. Um, but we, I, I can't even begin to tell you what they, it would blow your mind, Colin, because what's happening is what they tell us is we lose more money on those loans than we would make. So it's not worth us processing. And oh, who cares? You build the relationship with the person that's going to be, we're saying. they're going to be extremely grateful that you help them in a time of need. And where do you think they're going to bank after that? Where are they going to keep their personal money? Where are they going to invest their money? The person, the bank, the stepped up and helped them when they were at a very low point. Like, they should be focusing more on the relationships and the long game than such the short term. I, I mean, you're, I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I, I think that from our point of view and, and my co-founders, that is the piece that we were blown away by the most. We mm -hmm. had that same argument and the same thought that you had. And yet when we go and we talk to these banks, they don't care. They yeah. don't care. And we thought, this is not okay. So at the beginning, when I talked about this, this great challenge so, that I'm up against trying to find like up against these, these financial institutions, I mean, I'm sorry, banks, they don't, they're not cool with technology. They are owned by, you know, older people who've been sitting in that, you know, chairman role for many years. Yeah. And they are like, this is how we do it. And these are the rules we play by. So and how did you, how did you, how did you, so how did you guys, build these relationships with these banks that, and get them to do and process these loans that they normally wouldn't otherwise? Like, what were those conversations like? Oh, you know, I think it just takes, um, finally, we found someone who shared our same compassion. Mm. And we needed to find that. And, and I was, I thought that especially during this quarantine time, we would be able to find um, more banks that had more compassion. And I think that that was the biggest surprise for me personally. There's yeah. no compassion there. It's, it's and, all about dollars and cents. And, somebody who did. and these big banks that uh, gave somebody a black eye trying to get their PPP loan. Yeah. I mean, they're going to lose the trust. They're going to lose that business. I think they already have. Yeah. Right. I mean, even if you've applied for, uh, you know, with, you know, some of these larger banks and you were told no, or you didn't get any sort of communication back, um, I think that they've already lost the trust. And I think that there's a big opportunity here to be able to take care of these businesses. Um, I, I think if anything, this quarantine crisis has just shined a bright spotlight on what's wrong with our financial institutions and, and, and we believe at Blue Acorn that there is a way to be able to, to bridge the gap and make just the access to, to money fair. Right. You know, democratize this process. Mm. I don't care who you are. Um, I, I think Forbes just came out with an article and a, a stat saying that 80% of the minority owned businesses that even applied haven't, haven't gotten their funding yet. Mm. And so you're starting to see these uh, underserved businesses. So minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, rural-owned businesses, disproportionately um, impacted and affected by a, a system that is corrupt and greedy, and this needs to change. And, and really, the great equalizer is technology. 
There's a yeah. way to scale and fix this problem using technology. Because technology doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. And it allows you to be able to make the process more efficient so that you're not losing money by processing these loans. So, um, you know, as much as I can sit here and say and blame the banks for what they're doing, if you take a look at, at it, and a lot of your uh, audience, they're business owners, so they're gonna understand what I'm about to say. If, you, if it takes you a certain amount of time and money in order to process a loan, and then the, the cost of that is, is greater than the money that you're making, it makes sense then that you don't process those loans, okay? So or, or, or you yeah. figure out a more efficient way to Correct. process it so that it costs less yes. so that you can process those loans. Yes. And now you are in our head of what Nate was thinking, my husband was thinking, you know, three months ago when he decided to build this company and start and build this fintech platform. We can actually make this more efficient using technology. And mm. so we built an underwriting engine that allows somebody to spot check an application within five minutes, whereas um, a manual process takes between 15 to 30 minutes plus. Okay, so let's, I just, I don't want to pass that up for a second because yeah, I think it's really important how fast you guys scaled this to get <laughs> it to people, right? So talk to me from that conversation yeah. where we talked a little bit before we got on here, how you, your husband had that kind of look in his eye, like, I have an idea and I think, you know, we need to do this. Yeah. And from that conversation to it being available to these underserved businesses, what was yeah. that timeline? Uh, three weeks. We did it in three weeks. Wow. And anyone who understands technology and understands what it takes to build a fintech platform, um, and and Colin, with zero dollars in our company bank account, we had a team of volunteers that wow. worked around the clock in order to make it happen. And so I think that that piece has been um, the other big surprise. Uh, and are you guys 100% volunteers helping us? Right now. We have zero dollars in our bank account right now. And we have wow. uh, you know, thousands of applications in our pipeline that we're working. And we have teams that are um, doing what we can. And we're getting people funded every day. So um, this, you know, it's real. It's happening. Um, but we had to do it uh, because, again, we don't get paid until the loans are funded. So there's a little bit of a cash flow problem that has required mm -hmm. us to be able to rely on volunteers to make this happen. And, and as much as the banks have let us down, the people and the volunteers, they have been the ones to make this happen because right. we had an idea to, to build it and then they came and they helped support it. But it's, you know, I, I'd imagine, you know, these people are willing to get behind this mission because it's such an authentic um, and so genuine that you just really want to help people, right? right? Putting people first before profit and just how do we help as many people that are not getting help they need. And, and yeah, the profit will come and there's going to be some tough long, you know, 18 hour days, people working for free, but it's, it's for a good cause and people can get behind that. So, all right. So let's, let's talk a little bit because you've mentioned something and then I've heard it say a lot of people say this, right? The free money. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the forgiveness piece. Cause I think there's a lot of misconceptions or people yes. don't know. There's people saying, Hey, did you get your free money? Where do I get my free money? Talk, right. Let's talk about the forgiveness aspect of the PPP program. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because the getting the loan is, is it's the starting line and then getting it forgiven. That's the finish line. So if you're going to start this race, 
um, you got to make sure that, that you're doing everything that you can. So once you get the money, there are guidelines, not even just guidelines, there are rules on how you are allowed to spend the money. And as long as you follow those rules and you document how the money is spent after eight weeks, then you are able to get your loan forgiven, which means you do not have to pay it back. The money is free. Okay. Okay. If so what? Send so, it wrong. Yeah. It, that's where it, it starts to get a little dicey. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. So two things, two things. Um, is there any, before we, I, I want to come back to that, but before we get into that point is the, for, the forgiveness point there. Um, is there any like disqualifiers that kick people out? Like if they already have an existing loan, they have a credit line, their business is losing money. Is there any yeah. disqualifiers that's going to make them not be able to get the money in the first place? Like immediately. Yeah. Okay. So let's say if you uh, are an Uber driver, and you, um, you made, uh, let's say $10,000, but you're writing off all of your expenses. Your expenses are more than how much you made. And so that, that profit loss line is a loss. Right. And you don't qualify. So that's right. Which, which is the case for a lot of SaaS companies too. Their burn rate is typically more than, than what yeah. they're bringing in. So they're not going to qualify. You're not going to qualify. So if you okay. did not earn money last year, you're not going to qualify. Okay, so if you're in the green, if you're in the green, yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah, if you're in the green, even a little bit, you're, you're good. <laughs> okay, what if they have outstanding loans or credit lines or credit cards that are maxed out, like you know, all that stuff? Yeah, it doesn't matter. So your, uh, your credit score is not looked at at all when it comes to this. It's not okay. in part of the consideration. Okay, and what if they owe money to a bank already or to their credit cards? No, the only issue would be if you have a, a, a loan with the SBA. And then that's one of the questions on, on the front end that we ask. And, and then if the answer is yes or no, you know, we send you to the right, you know, bucket that you need to go into. But, um, uh, but that, that's for a really honestly a small majority of people. And most likely they will have already, they, they are familiar with their situation. So if they already have an SBA loan, SBA loan, then they disqualify. They're disqualified. It doesn't mean you're disqualified. There's just some other sort of you just get put into a different bucket because then the way your loan is calculated is just different because they start to um, merge it together and then there's a whole it, it gets complicated on that end. Okay, and okay. then uh, I had another question. So okay, so that doesn't necessarily disqualify them, but it puts them into a different bucket. It just puts them into a different bucket. Yep. Okay. Two different bucket. All right. So now um, that kind of clears up maybe who can qualify or not yeah. a little bit. Now let's talk about the forgiveness, right? So there's, they got to use the money for certain things and they need to keep good track of this. And this could be on a Google sheet or whatever, right? Just simple keeping track of how they spent those dollars specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just keep track of it and then be able to have the proper documentation. So we'll be able to provide um, a, a the, the, those guidelines for you. And we're in the process of building out a system that you don't have to use a Google sheet that you can keep track of all of it. You know, of course you are. The whole thing simple. <laughs> of course you are. So, but based on the fact that we're all volunteers right now, that part isn't quite finished yet, but we're working on it and uh, we haven't released it yet. But okay. All right, so they can keep track and it's soon so enough. Track, so, yeah, so keep, so in the meantime, keep track on a Google Sheet. Yeah. And then um, uh, also be able to show you're going to, if, if, if your company uses a payroll processor, you're yep. going to be able to have all the documentation and we're going to need to see, you know, how the money was spent and who was paid what. If okay. you say that you have employees 
we're going to need to know that those employees were paid and we're going to need proof that they were actually paid. So just it's, it's bank statements and payroll reports. If you're an individual person, um, then you should be good basically paying yourself. Um, and then you have to show then that, you know, a certain amount is spent on utilities or or uh, payroll or um, rent, for example, is approved. So there's a few different uh, categories that are approved that you'll be able to. Um, okay. If, if that makes sense. Sorry, I know it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the system, it gets a little confusing. Yeah, I know. So there's a few. There's only a few things that they can really spend it on: Pre payroll, utilities, rent. Those are the main things. Yeah, those are the main things. Those are the main right. things. Now, now, most importantly, though, um, <clears throat> this is where. This is hard to like uh, to communicate. So let me try my best here. So at least seventy-five percent of the money that you get has to go to pay either yourself or your employees. Okay, and that seems like a little gray area because I'm sure you, all of a sudden you're making fifty thousand last year. Now you're making a hundred thousand and trying to get it for forget you know forgiven in the loan. So okay, that, does that? Is there um, some restrictions around that? Like, hey, you can't, you know, now make double what you're making last year. Oh, yes, 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 okay. yeah, for sure. So, and then, and, on top, and then on the on the flip side, you can't pay, if you're paying someone, you know, 100000 last year, you can't pay them, you know, you can only drop their pay by a certain percentage. So you okay. can't pay them a lot less. And you guys have resources on all this stuff, right? <laughs> Yes, I know. It gets confusing. The other piece is that you can't take, if you get, let's say I give you $100, okay? You qualify for $100, all right? Yeah. You cannot, You at least 75 of those dollars have to be spent on yourself, paying yourself or, or your employees, okay? And then no more than $25 can be spent on rent and utilities and those other payments. So, <laughs> yeah, so two, so two thirds of it needs to be spent on payroll, whether that's yourself yeah. or your employees, you yeah. can't drop your employees salary significantly. You can't significantly increase your own salary, right? Yeah. A lot of this stuff seems simple, but I'm sure there's, you know, there's, there's rules and guidelines for a reason. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so you know what you said it best, and I and I don't want to scare people away. It's not as confusing as what I'm saying, and so this is why we built our system in order to answer all these questions and make it really easy. Yeah. Okay. So now there's a hard deadline for these loans. Let's let's talk about that. June 30th is is the deadline right now to apply. So either the deadline comes or the money runs out, right? Correct. One yep. of those two are going to happen. The burn rate right now, so there's 100 billion left in the PPP program that's available. How um, much? 100 billion. Billion with a B. Yeah. Okay. And then you have about a $2 billion a day burn rate. So okay. that's what's happening right now. So we're talking about 50 days before the, the, the money runs out. Yeah. And, and, and then there's already some conversations happening, you know, at the congressional level where they're looking at adding a third round if that were to happen. Um, it's my understanding that as long as there's a need, there will be money there. And just mm -hmm. because people were confused at the process at the beginning and just because they didn't have a way to apply and just because banks didn't take their loans doesn't mean you're going to be left out forever. But on the, you know, flip side of that, keep in mind that 
people have bills due today. So the, mm-hmm. they need money as soon as possible. So when somebody does get approved, how long is it before they get funded? So um, if they go through our full process on Blue Acorn, and I can only speak to, to how fast we're able to get people funded right now. Um, so if they go onto Blue Acorn, you fill out the application, upload all your supporting documents, follow the process seamlessly, and your application is complete, we check it over, we send it to the lender. At that point, they spend about two to three days looking at your application. Then it goes to the SBA. And then at the SBA, it's usually there between um, five to 10 days. So now you're looking at about two weeks before you, the money's into your account. That's it's, actually pretty fast. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Okay. Um, of course, like if you, if you go onto Blue Acorn and you don't upload all the necessary stuff, there's a lot of back and forth. And so that just eats up time. And so the more you just follow and all the information's in there and you follow the guidelines specifically and you upload what you need to, it moves that process through so much faster. Yeah. Okay. So following the instructions will, <laughs> help, instructions. You in the, will help you in the process. Yeah. Um, okay. And all right. So, and, and are you guys looking at additional funding sources, programs? Like I know there's state and local things that are happening too that a lot of people don't even know about, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And so what we want to do in the, in the future after, you know, June 30th is, um, you're looking at about two years of financial programs that are going to be out there from the federal, state, local, you know, municipal level. And so we look forward to adding on those programs onto our platform. And because we collect information based on whether you're a minority owned business or whether, you know, what zip code you live in, Mm -hmm. we will be able to share with you some of that information that you might not know that you qualify for. So if you're at, for example, in Arizona, which is where we're based out of, if you, are a minority-owned business, Hispanic, and you live in a certain zip code, you, uh, you qualify for $1,000 a week in addition. And so we'll be able to, sh- and, and, and most people don't even know about it, you know, that mm. program. So we'll be able to layer in those programs in the same way that we're doing the PPP. But right now we're focused primarily on the PPP. Wow. I mean, you guys are changing the game in, in, in funding and SBA lending just generally like. Yeah. And it comes from our own point of view as, as business owners. I mean, we started as small business owners and we were having problems accessing the PPP ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so that's when we realized if we're having a problem where, you know, my, my husband is a CPA and where we have you know, banking relationships with people. If we were struggling getting it. We can't even imagine people who, who are underbanked or unbanked and don't have those relationships and don't understand tax law, uh, how they're doing it. So that kind of is the, the fundamental beginning of what we built. And then uh, when we started realizing, oh my gosh, there's so much quote unquote free money out there or money available that people don't know about, we realized that we can use technology in order to give people access to that information. It's a, I, I'm still just in shock of how quick the idea to getting the platform and yeah. 100% volunteer ran. I mean, this is incredible. But you know, um, you spoke to it exactly when you said when there is a mission and a cause, that is really what drove so many of our volunteers to to set aside what they were doing and really help out and and yeah, we're doing something good here. And I think that when you think about it, when, when you are doing something good, you know, usually good things happen. 
at absolutely. least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Putting people first. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. Awesome. So please, before we go, we're almost out of time. Tell people where they can find you, where they can find your team, how they can get started. Just make sure that they know where to go. Yeah. So it's just blueacorn.co and it'll take you 30 seconds to find out if you qualify. And then you can, if you have some of the documents already ready to go, your driver's license um, and those kinds of things, um, then you can really apply in five minutes. It gets triggered in our system and we look it over and then it's, you know, it, it's really that fast. It can be really that fast. So blueacorn.co is the best way to, to get on and we can, we can help you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. I think that this can be super helpful to a lot of people. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and also give us your feedback. We're listening. We want to hear from you. The show is all about you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Monster Chats, presented by Monster Voip, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales in organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions from today's show and want to reach us directly, please text your question to 424-378-6966.